Yes, 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 and welcome to the last episode of The Styles Files. For the decade, don't get me wrong, don't get it twisted, we will be back in 2020. But you know how it is, Um, obviously everybody's busy during the holidays, I am no different. And um, this is probably going to be the last one, so I want to thank everyone for listening throughout the year and throughout last year as well. Um, It's been a crazy ride, I want to keep this thing going, Uh, so let's get it started. Okay, so on today's episode of The South Files, like I said, last episode of The Decade, I'm going to talk about my dad's 60th birthday party. That was crazy. I want to talk about the last Raider game in Oakland. I attended the tailgate, not the game, and I'm glad that I didn't attend the game. Uh, my top 10 albums of the year as far as music. The Giants losing uh, a very important piece, Madison Bumgarner, someone who's been with the team for so long. Uh, the Warriors being named Team of the Decade. Talk about, you know, a couple of pet peeves I have about when people pass away. And not about the people passing away, but how people react to it. And we're going to end with the top 10 moments of the decade. Okay, so let's start with my dad's 60th birthday party. My dad, first of all, he doesn't look 60. And I hope he doesn't listen to this because that's the last thing he needs to hear. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, And it was a great party, man. You know, uh, it was really cool to, he was in the Navy. So for a lot of his Navy buddies to come out from Chicago, a lot of family members, a a lot of my mom's friends as well. uh, It was really a an awesome experience to uh, get to hang out with some people that I had never met before, some people that I had only heard of, some people that I haven't seen in years, um, and everything ended up uh, coming out very well. Uh, Of course, I was the MC, so it was good practice for me to kind of do some MC work. You know, I think um, obviously it's a lot easier to do it when you're around friends and family, but I do think it could be a future side hustle. So if anybody's having a wedding or a DJ or, you know, need a DJ or – uh, bar mitzvah, you know, quinceanera, you know, cotillion, you know, I do it all. I do it all. So let me know. Uh, Styles Files can be at your event. Um, but of course, you know, the drinks were flowing. We did it. We uh, There was a hosted bar, you know, I think for 45 minutes or an hour before it started. No shots were allowed. So I think that's the only reason I made it past the event. Um Or a little bit past the event, not too far past the event. But uh, it was a good time, man, you know, to see everybody come out and, you know, speak very highly of my father. Um, It was pretty cool. And it's just one of those things where, I don't know, family is just very funny because you don't see them in a long time and they kind of remind you in a certain light. And it's just funny when um, they ask you to do certain things, right, that you might not really want to do. So basically we had like a a pre-party on that Friday, the party was on the Saturday, and, you know, music's playing, whatever, and, like, I got, like, aunties coming up to me, like, Alan, Alan you know when, like, family members just want you to, like, do something, like, Alan, Alan, d- d- do the dance, d- do the dance, you know that dance, go go ahead, do the, just do the dance, baby, I, I want to send it to the family, but d- d- do the dance, do the dance, I'm like, auntie, I don't want to do the dance, like, I'm 29 years old, like, if I want to dance, I'll dance, I don't, I'll be like, Alan, just do the dance, just do the dance, did I do the dance? Yeah, I did the dance. You know what I mean? I don't even remember what dance it was. And it doesn't think it doesn't have to be much. They just want you to do something, right? Like I'm like, okay, da 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 da. They're like, oh my gosh, oh yes, you always could dance. You always could dance, your little Michael Jackson. Just, just do the, just do it one more time. Just do the dance one more time. You know? Ugh. So you always got to deal with stuff like that. Um, and getting pulled in a million different directions as soon as I, I'm taking a bite. We had the taco truck, so you know I was scarfing out some tacos. As soon as I take a bite, my dad's like, Alan, come here. I want you to meet my buddy from the Navy. You know, I take another bite. Alan, come here. I want you to meet 
my buddy from LA. Take another bite. Alan, come here. I want you to meet this. This. This not your. This is your auntie's. This is your auntie's cousin's brother's stepson. So it's it's your cousin. It's your cousin. Cousin. You know. I'm like okay. All my uncles were there. My real uncles. You know. Um, my 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 dad's friends' uncles. You know. I'm trying to explain it to people that don't know. I'm like, yeah, this is my uncle, but I call him I call him uncle, but he's not really my uncle. My dad just knows him from the navy. But this is my uncle. This is actually my dad's brother. So he really is my uncle. And that's my uncle. He's really my dad's second cousin. Uh, but we just call him uncle, even though. That's my dad's cousin. You know what I mean? And that's my auntie. And that's not. Then I have my mom's friends. So all my aunties, right? Not one of my mom's actual sisters were there. But I got my auntie. You know, my, that, that, that's my auntie because my mom knows her from Virginia, and that's they met out there, and they introduced my mom and my dad. You know, so that's that's definitely auntie, and that's really my godmother. But we also call her, you know, my auntie as well. Um, so it can be very confusing for anybody that doesn't really know. But it's just a great time. Um, Hanging out, and I'm glad everything went well. Yeah, man, it was wild. It was wild. It was wild. You know, it was like a buffet-style food. I ate a ton, um, Embassy Suites. But I did have a, uh issue with Embassy Suites because when do I not have an issue with something? And basically, I don't – again, this is my problem with um, these situations, whether it's – whether you're, you're at a restaurant or – or any type of like customer service. What is the line between when it's, you know, getting mad at the person who is understaffed, right? Uh, or kind of put in a bad situation versus getting upset with the management for putting them in that situation, right? That happens all the time. Um, you're at a restaurant and it's taking really long for. Uh, you to get your food or for them to take your order and you realize, man, this person's got this whole section. You're still annoyed with the person, but you realize it's not the waiter or the waitress's fault that they were the only one scheduled for that day, right? So it's tough. It's tough. So in this situation, we had parked in valet. And I was already salty because they have a sign that says, MSC Suites parking uh, is valet only. But that's really not true. So they conned a bunch of people into getting the valet parking. That's what they did, first of all, right? So I was already salty. Then on top of that, we wake up the morning after, and there wasn't, there was only one guy working the whole thing, right? And you know, it wasn't a big valet space. So they got cars parked in all types of crazy positions, okay? Um, And we get, up to you know get our get our stuff tell me why this dude just gave us the keys like go find go find your car right i'm like that's what is valet what is valet what 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 did we pay for so on top of that he didn't even know where the car was the car was uh stuck in between a different car and a wall so we couldn't get out unless he moved the car so he gives us the keys we're like what are we supposed to do with this you know what i mean we can't we can't get out, you know? So he's like, oh, you can't get out? We're like, no, we can't get out. So uh, he takes the car. He, he takes the car. Um, he actually didn't even move the car. We had to ask a different lady, hey, um, can you, you know, move your car? And then we moved our car. And I'm just like, what did we, I don't even understand what we paid for. And the whole time, people, I mean, people were stacking up because this is literally checkout. You make people check out at 11. Right, even though you can't check in till three, which is another pet peeve of mine with hotels. Then you make us check out, and you don't even have the proper staff. And no offense, you know, there's a girl 
who works there standing next to him, and she's just kind of like handing him the keys for him to give the keys, right? She, it's not a real job, okay? Um, and she could have been the person at the front, and he could have been moving the cars, and they were kind of flirting a little bit. And I'm like, look, this is starting to piss me off now. Um, so, yeah, that, that that was my only pet peeve with Embassy in Walnut Creek, right across from uh, um, Club Sport. So that's what I'm talking about. You're not getting off the hook. Uh, but besides that, it was it was a pretty good experience, and I'm glad everything worked out uh, with my dad. We got a big, obnoxious Richard's 60th birthday sign, and I have no clue um, – well, I know where it's going to go. It's just going to be in the garage forever. And I just am kind of wondering if there was a better way to go about that because it's just going to be in the garage forever. Okay. Maybe they can cross out the zero and just turn it to one and start just like adding up so they can reuse it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Last Raider game in Oakland. So, like I said, I did not attend the game. I went to the tailgate. Uh, and I'm very glad because the Raiders, I mean, they really – Sunk up the joint. It's been really sad for Oakland. I mean, the last game in Oracle was a loss, a Steph on a Steph Curry shot, but at least that was respectable, right? Um, the Raiders, I mean, that was just bad, man. And I think everyone saw the writing on the wall, and it was just so classic Derek Carr. He got like what, like a 10 yard run, does his slide and point, and like, yeah, like this one's over. And the Raiders found a way to lose. They found a way to lose because that's what they do. And I think this interview was before the game, but they interviewed Mark Davis, and he basically said something to the effect of, they asked him, is, is it nostalgic for you for this being your last game? He's like, no, not really. Like, we've been through this before. And it was just kind of salt in the womb, but that just that's just classic Mark Davis. And look, I have come around, right? I, I think I'll still be a Raider fan. You can be a Raider fan and hate the owner. People do it all the time. Um, and I wish him the best, but you know, I, I've, t- I've talked about my theory on this podcast multiple times about how I think that next year they're going to have a really cupcake schedule because they had a pretty hard schedule this year and the NFL is going to want them to win, uh, in Vegas and hopefully make the playoffs. But I don't know if you're doing that with Derek Carr. I think we've seen the car experience. We need to get out the car. It's time to get out the car. Okay. Get a motorcycle, you know, get a different car. And, I, and not even a different car because, you know, we definitely don't want David Carr. We don't want none, no more of the cars. Uh, we need to get on a bike or uh, you know, tri- I'll take a tricycle, okay, because uh, it, we've seen enough. We've seen enough. It's, re- it's a sad story as much as I joke him. It's a sad story ever since just breaking his foot uh, those couple years ago when Raiders, I don't know if they would have won the Super Bowl, but they definitely were. They made the playoffs, so they definitely could have made some noise. Um to now he's just kind of a shell of himself. He uh, doesn't make the right reads. He's, you know, uh, he's the one seeing ghosts out there, regardless of who they're playing. So it, it's just a bad look. It's just a bad look. Um, and you you lost to the Jags. Like, there couldn't have been more of a layup to just give the Raiders one, or the Oak, you know, to give the city of Oakland one last good thing, and you couldn't even do that. That's just embarrassing. You should be ashamed of yourself. And look, I've never seen people always talk about. I saw maybe one negative com- comment about uh, Raiders fans throwing trash on the field because it's like, why not? Why not? You played like trash. Uh, it's the last game. Who cares? Who cares? And I think J- Derek Carr I, uh, got booed a little bit when he went over to the black hole. You deserve that too, Derek. I'm sorry. You do. You do. You know, like I said, 
you're a great person, I'm sure. Um, but it's this is not this is we've seen we've seen enough. We've seen it. I think everyone's seen enough. Um, so look, we'll see. I, I don't know. I have to do my research. I heard a I heard a rumor that they have to share their stadium with UNLV. And I don't know if somebody read that wrong and they meant that they have to sh- share it with UNLV's stadium until their stadium's done or UNLV is going to also use Raiders' new stadium because that wouldn't make very m- much sense to me. Sure, it's the same sport, but you do this big move and you're still going to share a stadium. So I got to do some more research, but somebody at work was talking to me about that. Um, but if you do know about it, hit me up. You know the deal. At the Styles Files. At the underscore Styles Files, Styles with an I, on Twitter and Instagram. And let me know um, if that's true or not. Okay, going to switch over to music here. And speaking of music, friend of the show, Eli, uh, let me on his Throwing Bows radio show yesterday. It was my first kind of live radio show, uh, but it also was recorded, so you can check that out. I think he's dropping it a little after Christmas or the day after Christmas, something like that. So um, I will definitely be plugging that on my Instagram um, so you guys can get that link. It was a great time, and I get to talk about some of the stuff I'm going to go into right now. Um, so let's let's go ahead and start it. Number 10, I have my boy Mark E. Basie with his album, Postmodern Depression. Now, I'm going to be honest. I wanted it to be higher, meaning I wanted to like the album more, uh, but it was solid. Uh, you know, I can't say it wasn't solid. And, you know, for me, it still makes it into my top 10 simply because some of the songs that I did like, I really, really liked. Number nine, another one that I wanted to be higher, Tory Lane's Chick Tape 5. Look, Tory, um, he put a lot into this album, and I think he is saying it is an album. That's what took so long, and that's why, you know, his other Chick Tape uh, mixtapes aren't on streaming services. This one is. So he had to go through a lot of clearance. There's a bunch of samples. Um, and I liked it. I liked it. I probably, I wouldn't have minded putting it higher, but I thought it would be in my top five and I don't think it would get into my top five. Uh, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a a big year for Tori in 2020. I mean, 2019 might've been one of Tori's biggest years, you know, between 2019 and 2018. And still, I think a lot of people don't know what to do with his career. So I think that he really needs to come out hot in 2020 with an album of just him okay maybe a couple features but really show people what he's all about because when he dropped the first couple albums he had a couple singles that popped but uh now he really has that notoriety so now i think is the time for him to really um drop something and show people what he's all about number eight roddy rich please excuse me for being antisocial. another one that um i knew i liked roddy rich from uh that album or the song with DJ Mustard, because uh, I'm bawling. You know, uh, we, we talk about disciples on the show. He's clearly a disciple of Young Thug. Uh, and I like it, man. The melodic tones, he's good. And I thought the album was really good. Um, it surprised me how much I liked it. Uh, you know, so uh, I think he's pretty solidly in there at number eight. Number seven, YBN Corday, The Lost Boy. Yeah, this is an album that 
kind of caught me by surprise. Nowadays, you get so confused with all these letters and numbers before songs. You get YBM, NLE, uh, YFN, NBA. I get confused uh, all the time, but for some reason, uh, this one, I think I think what happened was once he dropped that song with Chance, and it was like, oh, this guy isn't mumbling or doing the weird singing rap auto-tune thing. This guy is a real rapper. I think that's what turned people on to him, and so it was very smart of him to do that. I've heard. I've also heard that he's thinking of drop. I don't know what YBN stands for, um, but I heard he was thinking of maybe even dropping it just so people wouldn't um, put him in that same bucket with these other rappers you know, with weird letters before their name that don't rap like that. Uh, but great album. Number seven, YBN Corday, The Lost Boy. Okay, number six. Number six, Devon Terrell, uh, The Raw Sounds, Volume One. Look, these are this is one of those albums that if you don't know me, you've probably never heard of this guy. Um, he's another one that in 2020, you know, and I talked about this on the radio show uh, with Eli as well. It's kind of like, What's the next move here? These guys that have, and you know, women that have been in these spots, um, and they're kind of famous, but they haven't really blown up. They don't really tour, uh, especially. I think Devon started not necessarily doing covers, but he would like rap and sing over the covers, so uh, or, or over the songs. So uh, I don't know if he stays on this path. He went on more of a classic, you know. R&B, maybe even, I would even say more of that, like, early 2000s vibe, uh, very uh, basic in a in a good way, very clean, very simple. This album was very good, and I had a bunch of songs on repeat. Number six, Devon Terrell, The Raw Sounds, Volume 1. Um, check that one out for sure. Look, Eli doesn't like a lot of my music. I played one of his songs yesterday, and even Eli liked it. That should tell you. Number five, and this is going to get a little spicy because I know how people feel about him, but... You know, um, it is a weird space to separate music from personal and even personal. I have some feelings about it as well. Chris Brown Indigo. I mean, it was a great album. And look, simply Chris Brown drops like 40 songs per album. So you're, you're going to like a good bit of them. And it's Chris Brown. So I know how people feel about him. Look, what he did all those years ago was awful. He hasn't necessarily been... Uh, you know, the model citizen since then either. But, you know, you combine that with the fact that, look, musically, I don't think you can deny how great he is. And also, um, to my understanding, he hasn't done anything as bad as what happened all those years ago. And he did apologize. Um, My problem with people that get mad about the Chris Browns and the Michael Vicks of the world, even though those crimes are completely different, um, is that they pick and choose who they want to forgive and who they don't and that's my issue you know uh, just keep the same energy for everyone um, don't pick and choose but sorry not trying to get too far off topic here all I know is uh, Chris Brown at number five is just just feels right and look I can't lie when I go on my Spotify wrapped and I see you know that that many songs from him he was my artist of the year I'm just gonna say it uh, I I that wasn't the intention I just listened to the songs okay that it is what it is um yeah. So, okay, number four, Khalid Free Spirit. That was just, again, now we're getting to my top five, obviously. That was just a amazing album, front to back, with Right Back being one of my favorite songs, which I, again, played on uh, the radio hour with Throwing Bows and Eli. Um, 
during that show. Uh, but yeah, it was a great album. Khalid, man. He Now, contrary to what I was talking about, these people that have been grinding for a long time, the Khalids of the world, um, I would say even the Billie Eilish's of the world, they don't have a huge discography. They just really got going pretty quickly. I mean, Khalid's first song was, wasn't it like Location or something? Like, it blew up. So this guy um, was kind of just meant for stardom, and he is keeping it rolling. Uh, I think you could see the growth in this second album. It was less like high school-y, and Eli likes to joke about uh, he only re- sings about being in high school. It's like, well, he was in high school when he started singing. So, duh, you know, but as he is now kind of growing up and um, maturing. He's a guy that I saw, and I'll put and I put him in the category of a couple other artists. When you see these artists really early, you can tell um, that they're new at it. You know, like uh, I saw him in Santa Cruz, and basically what I like to say is you could have dropped that. Per- it was good. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I have more uh, to say about artists like that because there's more on my list in these last couple. Um is not to say that it wasn't a, a good performance because it was a good performance. You just could have dropped it anywhere. You know, I think, at, you know, this could have been in Toronto. It could have been in Milwaukee. You know what I mean? There, he, he didn't make you feel like I'm singing to you. And just from the videos that I've seen, like I said, this was over two years ago. So just from the videos that I've seen of him li- lately, uh, I can tell that he's progressing and, and kind of growing into who he wants to be as a performer. So that's obviously beautiful to see. Okay, number three, St. John. Ghetto Lenny's Love Songs. Again, a guy that I thought I liked him. He dropped one album. I did not love it. Then he dropped this album, and I was all over it. Got a chance to see him live as well. And again, he's one of those guys a little bit newer. Great performer. Great performer. Takes his shirt off a little bit too much uh, for me. Um, I might have to unfollow him on Instagram. But his songs are great. Uh, one thing I will say he did at the show a little bit too much, and again, I said this on the radio show, he kept cutting the songs to just sing acapella but he is one of those like auto-tuny singers so i'm like dude we're not really here to see hear you like belt out like sure it sounds good but you're not really impressing us like you if you were listening to like a usher or somebody who's just like really really singing you know what i mean um but great performer i would just say just keep the track playing um but yeah number three really top to bottom uh a lot of hits a lot of hits you should check that out as well Number two, my girl, Snow Allegra. Ugh, those feels again. Another album um, that was, again, top to bottom. Just good, man, just good. Obviously, I had my favorites, but uh, I had it on repeat. I mean, look, the the album dropped in, like, I feel, it was like late summer or maybe even early fall. She was all over my Spotify wrapped. So that should tell you right then and there. It's not like it dropped in january or february i didn't have a lot of time to get her on the list and i got her on the list so that should tell you right there and like i talked about on this show before very lovey-dovey um it'll get you like i said those her like the album is called those feels again it's all about feeling in love and kind of that whole process of not knowing what you expect out of a relationship or if it's going to be a relationship then it turns into one the ups and downs uh it was a really really good album Um, So I would definitely check that out. But again, saw her live as well. And she is someone else that I think will continue to progress as far as uh, her performing. Now, obviously, she ain't going to be 
you know, Meg Thee Stallion or Nicki Minaj, she's not up there twerking. Like, the music isn't built for that. But even so, just a couple more breaks to let her know, like, or to let us know, the audience, that, like, you know, this is a special performance. Look, I'm one of those suckers when everyone is like, this is the craziest performance I've ever been to. You know, I'm the one that wants to hear that, even though I know it's probably not true. I love t- stuff like that. I just love it. It makes me feel good. You, we paid our good money. You got bots trying to seal the tickets. We overpaying out here. We went to the St. John concert. Some of my friends paid over 100 bucks. I got it at face value for 30 bucks because that's just because they hadn't sold out yet. Like, we do a lot to get to these to get these tickets. Lie to me. Lie to me. Okay, I don't care. Tell us if we are the best show you've ever. You, we make you want to make a new album tomorrow. Tell us. Just lie. Just lie. I want to hear all the lies. I'm here for it. Okay. And number one, Toby Lou live on ice. This this album was, I think, 22 songs, and it just didn't feel like it. Right. You know those albums that feel long and like I don't need an album this long. This one, you look up, you're like, dang, I'm on song 16. I didn't even know it. Um. You know, I think I talked about it on the show before, but one of those, he doesn't really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really use auto-tune. He uses a lot of effects, and it's, like, very sonically pleasing, and the production is very well done. Saw him live, and he was a guy who, he didn't lie to, you know, I don't think he was lying to us, but he, he, he was very a very good performer and, like, let us know. And, again, it was a smaller venue. Let us know, like, this was a very special performance, and, um... You know, it, it was great. And the, the album was great, too. Really looking forward to what he does in 2020 and just kind of going forward. He's also a guy who I found out the day of the show uh, was in the minor leagues. And I guess because of an in- injury, uh, ended up uh, ending his career. And that's what kind of got him into music. So obviously, baseball player has a special place in my heart. OK, so that was my top 10 albums. Uh, for the year okay for the year so be sure to check those out all right going back into sports here Giants losing Madison Bumgarner you know it's tough from a just a just a fan outlook right Madison Bumgarner although I've had my problems with Madison getting mad at people for being mad that they missed a pitch you know um trying to you know getting mad when people don't run fast enough on home runs. Some of that corny stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, he people will argue Steven Strasburg now. But in my opinion, that you know, some of the best World Series pitcher that I have ever seen um, and single-handedly won a World Series. You know, so for me, those are memories that will never change. And uh, wish Madison Bumgarner the best. Five years, $85 million, I think – um, it was just where he wanted to go. You know, he's a country boy. Arizona sounds right up his alley, you know. But, Madison, thank you for your service. Um, it's going to be weird facing him. But Giants have a lot more problems than that. I, I, uh, I didn't look up what they offered him just because I don't think it really mattered because with or without him, Giants need a lot more help. And they're they're heading in the right direction. Uh, hopefully Gabe Kapler does a good job. I know the people in Philly, obviously, come from the Phillies. I went to school in Philly, as everybody knows. Uh, they were happy to get rid of him. So, you know, maybe he got a raw deal. Maybe he just needed a little bit more time. Um, I know they're going they, – they're coaching – their new coaching staff is all over the spectrum. we got some guys my age, some older guys. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And they really just got to figure out, you know, the rest of that core. What do they do with – what do they do with Brandon Belt? 
okay? Uh, what do they do with Buster Posey? What do they do with Brandon Crawford? Brandon Crawford's a guy, <clears throat> we have two guys that, you know, are just so defensively focused. Brandon, when, and that's what's crazy. When Brandon Crawford came into the league, shortstop was a position where that was okay. You know, now with these young guys, you know, they, they can hit, they can do both. Get you a shortstop that can do both. And that's what a lot of people have now. And the Giants don't really have that. His hitting just never progressed. And, and look, I heard that, um, I believe the Giants brought in the fences a little bit because this is crazy. I mean, how can you get, a, how can you expect to get a free agent with these dimensions when you got dimensions like the Red Sox, uh, where the Red Sox play Fenway and Yankee Stadium? Like, and then you got Colorado in the division. Who is who is trying to play like at a a place where you can literally get all of a ball and it doesn't go out? And other places you can get forty percent of a ball and it goes out. You know, I just people weren't thinking. Obviously, it was a different, and it wasn't even a different time. Sure, you had Barry Bonds, who people would say he had a little bit of help. He was cranking them out, but now. Um, Think you know everything has kind of evened out because everyone just loves launch angle. Bombs are getting hit everywhere, but in Giant Stadium, it doesn't work like that. And they got not only is the field big, then they got the wind. So it's tough. It's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. And I guess that's the reason you know they they've always tried to sell out on pitchers, but they got it. They got to do something because um, these Giants fans, they're not gonna uh, you know they're not gonna stand for this losing very much longer. Um, you know, obviously the run that the Giants went on was crazy and nobody's expecting that to just sustain forever. But you got to be competitive. You got to be competitive. So, uh, Bumgarner, thank you for your service, like I said. Um, but, you know, I think we just need so much more. And then when, you know, close and in closing, looking at Buster Posey, I don't know what to do with Buster. He's actually not that old. I think he's like 30 or 31. The problem is he's a catcher's 30 or 31. He's, he's not the same. Um, I know Joey Bart is is coming up, so maybe Buster, uh, kind of his swan song, is helping helping the young guy out um, and, and seeing what happens. I don't know that Buster would ever be a backup, per se, but, um, yeah, some tough decisions need to be made. Look, if Tom Brady is disposable in New England, anyone should be able to get ready to get gone, okay? That's just, that's just the bottom line. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what moves the Giants make in these next couple seasons. Okay, so the Warriors uh, were named by Sports Business Journal, Franchise of the Decade, Team of the Decade, whatever you want to call it. And that's great, man. That's great. I mean, it's been a crazy, crazy decade for the Warriors. Uh, the ups and downs, um, mostly ups. Uh, you you know, you could look at even, you know, it, it's hard when you look at it in kind of a, you know, the micro fashion and it's like oh you know you blew the 3-1 like stuff like that but at the end of the day when you look at it as a decade what a great decade for the Golden State Warriors and I know people are salty now because they left for San Francisco I get it I guess there was a apparently they said San Francisco Warriors in the Chase Center when they were like introducing them and it just did not go over well so that that's a you know that's a bold strategy cotton you know let's see how it Works out for you. I, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I, I heard something about that. I tried to look it up. I didn't see anything immediately. Let me know if you heard anything like that at this the underscore styles file styles with an I, uh, Twitter and Instagram. But yeah, I mean, look, the rise of Steph, Clay, Draymond, then adding 
KD. I mean, that was it's a it's been a crazy run. And even like thinking back, you know, to Monte and the people that have laid the groundwork for it. Um, you know, before Steve Kerr, Mark Jackson. You know, um, it's just it's been a great decade for the Warriors, and that that's really. There's really not too much else to say about it. Now, going forward, you know, obviously it comes at a time where they're not doing so hot right now. But it, it's a good it's – it's refreshing to be able to look back and say, you know what, we had a great decade. And hopefully going into 2020 uh, – well, not this 2020, but uh, to the 2020-2021 season, the Warriors can return back to that greatness that they've had this past decade. Okay, now on to my pet peeve. So I have a pet peeve and that I've noticed uh, lately, and I actually thought about it when I was making my uh, list, top 10 uh, moments of the decade list. And, um, you know, it's basically about the rapper, singer, Juice World passing away. Uh, RIP to him. And, you know, I just find it, kind of interesting the people that obviously is mostly on Facebook but I, I probably on all mediums of uh, social media uh, the people that feel like it's necessary to post a meme or something saying that they didn't know who this person was and they do it in like a comedic fashion right like it'll I don't know a meme of like someone confused like me trying to figure out who Juice World is right and I get it. The internet is ruthless. You know, it's a chuckle. It's whatever. I just think it's in bad taste and it's just kind of corny. You know, um, somebody, nobody really asked you whether you knew them or not. So why do you feel the need to kind of make light of a situation and let people know that you didn't know who they were? I don't really know what's the point. Like when I look at posts, I look at them as either being informational uh, something that you wanted to debate about uh, or comical. And uh, I don't think it's informational because, sure, it's technically information, but it's not information anybody asked. Um, it's not really debatable because you're just putting it out there. So that just leaves it being, you know, trying to be some form of comedy. And I just think it's it's just a bad look. It's just a bad look. You know what I mean? Look, I'll put it to you like this. Everybody gets put in those situations. There are plenty of people in general that when Tom Petty passed away, not saying that none of these memes happened, but when when Tom Petty passed away, um, did not know who he was. I will be completely honest with you. Before moving to Philadelphia, uh, I did not know who Tom Petty was. Uh, fast forward all these years later, I date someone that is obsessed with Tom Petty. Every year on her Spotify, it has a Tom Petty. Uh, Tom Petty is her artist of the year. And... Um, you know, that was a connect that will always be a connection between her and her parents and just everything, everything. Um, and I had no clue who he was. Right. And a lot of people didn't know who he was. Um, does that give me the right to post some stupid meme, you know, saying uh, my face when I was tr trying to figure out who Tom Petty was? That would be in terrible taste. And some of the same people that did that. My point is some of the people, same people that probably did that for Juice World probably were kind of hurt when it happened to Tom Petty or any artist, you know, enter any artist that uh, you do care about. So I just don't think it's a good look to make light of any situation um, because you never know how that person connected with that 
artist and how it made them feel. You know what I mean? Maybe that artist walked them off, you know, a clip of suicide. You know what I mean? You don't know. Maybe that artist is the last song they listened to with their mom before they passed away. Like, you don't know. So for you to make light of the situation, look, you can do whatever you want. Um, it's a free country. I just think it's kind of distasteful. And if you like it or like all the people that are like, LOL, same, I just think it's stupid. You know, I think that no music is more important than any other music, whether it's rap, soft rock, hard rock, metal, classical, country. It hits someone somewhere. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Now, to end the show, we have my top 10 moments of the decade. Okay, y'all ready? Let's get it poppin'. Okay, number 10. Number 10, I have Revenge of the Underdogs, okay? Look, before the Warriors were the Warriors and they were making their rise, sure, before Kevin Love and Kyrie got hurt, they were underdogs. Steph looked 12, you know, Klay Thompson, you know, who is this guy? Draymond, is this This dude just won't shut the heck up. They were underdogs, you know, for a, for a short period of time. Um... When they beat the Cavs, then you had Clemson kind of taking, they're not underdogs anymore, but at, you know, the start of the decade, Clemson and their rise to the top, the Cavs became an underdog in that 3-1 series. You know, the Cubs, I don't know if they were necessarily underdogs in that series, but they broke the curse that had been plaguing them for oh so long. Uh, so I think this last decade has been the revenge of the underdogs. Okay, number nine, the death of meat. Now, I don't remember at the beginning of 20, you know, the beginning of this decade, an Impossible Burger or this many people saying that they are vegans or trying to cut back on meat. Now, I find myself being one of those people. So the death of meat has been huge this decade, and I don't think it's going away as more research comes out. Uh, we'll probably start to see some more research about the whole impossible thing and, you know, um, you know the common misconception that... Maybe they're not necessarily healthy, healthy, but they're healthier um, than meat. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses. I mean, at the beginning of this decade, did anyone think that Burger King would be making a Whopper that has no meat in it? I mean, come on. So number nine, the death of meat. Number eight, my personal favorite, the return of black guy long hair. So if you remember in, you know, uh, the Allen Iverson era, you know, things like, you know, that time, everybody had uh, the early 2000s, everybody had the cornrows, da 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 da. Then it died. Then it died. Then people just started cutting their hair, um, you know, and then slowly with the creation of the sponge, okay, and this new kind of faux hawk hairstyle, uh, black guy, long hair is back. It's back. It's back. And it's been back. I thought it would fade away. I've been sponging for a good five years now. It ain't going away. So number eight, the return of black guy long hair. You love to see it. Number seven, can't go without it, the rise of podcasts. I mean, podcasts has literally saved some people's careers. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to grow mine, obviously. But look at a guy like Joe Budden. Joe Budden, who is famous for one song, Pump, 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 pump it up, I'm, which still bangs, by the way. You could play that. You can play that forever. It will always bang. So if you're only going to have one song, at least make one that transcends time. Okay. But Joe Budden, uh, you know, now he has a podcast and everyone loves Joe Budden. Like, and now he's on Love and Hip Hop New York. Like, podcast saved his life, you know. Um, 
and Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan was known for Fear Factor, uh, and I guess he did a little bit of comedy. Now Joe Rogan has the number one podcast like in the world. Okay, maybe I just need to change my name to Joe. Uh, Joe Styles. Maybe I just need to take my name to Joe, and then um, my podcasts will pop off like them. But the rise of podcasts and how it has saved and created new careers for uh, people in general, whether they were famous at one time or have just become famous because of them. But number seven, the rise of podcasts. Number six, the advancement of dating apps. The advancements of dating apps. Look, you know, at the beginning, what, what do they have uh, at the beginning of the decade? They had, you don't have to be lonely with farmersonly.com. You know, they had that. They had, um, you know, those weird ones that come on late at night that are like, call for a good time. I don't know if those are dating apps, but they had stuff like that. And they had um, like our time for like the people over 50 and Match.com and eHarmony, right? Those are the staples, okay? Now, you got Tinder, you got Bumble, you got Hinge, you got all these different ones. And like I said earlier, uh, you know, and and they've been wiling out. Now, you can can literally get exactly what you want. You can, uh, not only can you do age, now you can do race, you can do height right it's crazy now the height thing i'm just like this is ridiculous right i'm glad you know i'm taking because i don't know like ooh, five eight let me swipe left on that or whatever the right way to swipe is like i don't know if anyone's doing that like i'm setting my parameters between five five and five eight like who's doing that nobody okay so uh i'm glad i got about the game before that started popping off because that would be a bad look for the boy okay bad bad look all right so number six yes that was the advancement of dating apps number five And this one came quick. The stupid scooters. Okay. This only affects you if you are in a uh, a big city, right? So San Francisco, Oakland. I I saw them in San Diego, uh, Austin, uh, you know, places like that. You know, real real, um, travel hubs. Okay. Uh, But they came quick, man. And I think they're here to stay as well to some degree. So shout out to all the people in Oakland that uh, were sick and tired of them, of tripping over them because people don't know where to put them, they don't know how to act, and they threw them in the lake, okay? I'm not condoning, um, you know, littering, but something needed to be done. And I don't litter, so I wouldn't do it, but shout out to those who did do it, and hopefully no duckies or anything, you know, got too close, uh, or pretty soon we might see the ducks riding the scooters as well. You know, I mean, it's quicker to get from point A to point B. Okay, so number five, the stupid scooters. Number four, this is a crazy one to me, the end of music genres and categories. Now, I don't know what is anything anymore, right? Uh, Taylor Swift, wasn't she country at the beginning of the decade? Um, and like I said, you know, uh, like I said, RIP Juice World, but like th- like Juice World, uh, Lil Uzi, all these kind of sing rappers, um, you could, I guess... Drake kind of started it, but I mean, you got Young Thug really was really took that singing um, to the next level, um, right? And you know, now you got what do they say on Spotify? You got pop rap, you got pop rock, you got an app called TikTok. I don't, there's too much going on. There's too much going on. There's just music now, which is cool in a way, but it's also very interesting because, like I said, people like Post Malone can use hip-hop the way he wants to use it and kind of get away with it because and any everyone can because everything is so blended now um so number four the end of music genres 
uh, and categories. Number three, staying on the uh, staying on that kind of path, the rise of mumble rap and emo rap. I mean, at the beginning of the decade, I don't think I remember you know uh, Migos out here like I got my ticket to Hey. I get the table to tell. Hey, you got the table to tell? Hey, I got the table to tell. I got the table to about the table to tell. You want the table to tell? A, B, C, one, two, three. I mean, you know, and then you get like, you know, um, the emo rap, right? Like I said, it's like they're literally, um, I think I saw Yellow Card is actually um, suing Juice World because they said Juice World. One of his songs sounds like one of their songs. Now, people are roasting Yellow Card. My guess would be like this was already in process before Juice World passed away. Okay, I don't think they're like, oh, he passed away. Now let's get him. I, I just highly doubt that's how they went about it. If they did, that is really messed up. Um, but I don't think that's how it happened. But yeah, this this the emo rap thing is crazy now, you know? Now I do what I want. Now I do what I want. Hey, now I do what I want. Um it's it, it, there's just no rules. There's no rules anymore. Okay, number 2, I talked about it earlier. The Warriors dominance. I mean, look, I have so many memories and I've lost so much money because of how good, not from betting, but just from being out, uh from how good the Warriors have been and I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know? There've been so many uh, good times that we've had, bad times that we've had, uh, but the camaraderie that I've built and the friends that I've kind of gotten to hang out with more because of these games um, has been something special. So uh, obviously that's always going to have a special place in my heart. And number one, I got to keep it real with Philly. This is kind of connected to, oh, oh, going back to the underdogs winning. How could I forget in number 10? And it's all going to come back together. The Eagles. The Eagles beating the big bad Patriots with Nick Foles as their quarterback to win their first Super Bowl. So that's like one of the number one underdogs um, for Revenge of the Underdogs. But with that being said, uh, what song did they come out to? Meek Mill. Okay. Dreams and Nightmares. Okay. So Meek Mill, his rise and fall is my number one moment of the decade. Meek Mill was dating... At the time, probably the hot, because there was no Meg Thee Stallion. There wasn't even really Cardi B yet. At the time, he was dating Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj was the hottest female rapper out. Uh, Meek Mill had everything going for him. He was finally starting to get his buzz. He decided, you look, I've been there. I've been drunk and been jealous off some stupid stuff. We've all been there. I think every guy has been there. The difference is, you know, nobody really cares about what I think versus they care what Meek Mill thinks. So for Meek Mill to, you know, go at the king, Drake, um, get roasted, go to jail, okay, uh, have to go to jail, flip all this into um, a positive, he gets out of jail, and now he is the voice of, you know, this kind of wrongful imprisonment and all these harsh laws that come down, um, on urban communities and he is the voice of all that now and then to drop the album his album did amazing his team wins the super bowl and now he's back just living his best life staying out of trouble uh i think he's no longer on parole uh what a comeback so and if you don't really know what i'm talking about just google it just google it it's a crazy story um and i hope he continues and you know meek mill seems like a very genuine guy to me like i said you know, I went to school in Philly. He's from Philly. Um, you know, I don't think this is a stunt or anything. I think he really wants to 
fix the system the best way he can. Uh, I think he's going to continue to do that. Hopefully, he just dropped a uh, something on his Instagram. He's got a song coming with Justin Timberlake in 2020. The come up was real. So Meek Mill's rise and fall is my number one moment of the decade. Okay, look, I just want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast. Uh, you know, I go MIA sometimes. I think everybody understands it's one of those things that uh, it's still continuing to grow. And sometimes I just get caught up doing personal stuff. Sometimes I get caught up, you know, doing my actual job. You know, um, everybody that does anything besides their nine to five knows it's tough to get up and do it, um, you know, as often as you can. And I just want to thank everybody that has listened to one episode, that has listened to one segment, to those who have listened to every single episode. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, all that good stuff. Uh, Blessings coming in this new year. Thank you for everyone, uh, again, for listening. And until next time, until 2020, this has been the Styles Files with your host, Alan Styles. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore Styles Files, Styles with an I. Be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.